0: Okay, and hey, we're live. We are back here with Coffee Talk. It's the first time in a while, but guess what? We are here with special guests today, Father Dave Baker. Yes, Father Dave is joining us here at the parish. Uh, he's stationed at the rectory, but he's got a lot of different titles on. But maybe I'll leave that to you to kind of introduce yourself and tell everyone
1: why you're here and what, what are you doing. All right. Thanks, Adam. Yeah. Hello, listeners or viewers out there. I am the vocations director of the diocese. Just appointed to that position about three weeks ago. Uh, Father Andrew Loricella was the previous director. He is now uh, taking care of a parish up on Lake Ontario uh, in Newfane. And my job is, there's two jobs really, vocation director and director of seminarians. So as vocation director, I'm recruiting new priests. So I am casting the nets and uh, just seeing who we can get to uh, to sign up for this uh, exciting and life-changing, world-changing uh, ministry and lifestyle. Uh, so the other part of it is for the guys that are already in the formation program, studying in the seminary to become priests, I keep in touch with them make sure they've got what they need. Um, they're studying now in Baltimore because our local seminary closed recently. So, so there's a little more logistics to it, making sure we get them home for break and get them back there. And I'm uh, trying to help them out with that. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, welcome aboard. This nice. is exciting to have you here. It's a great place to live in the rectory here. You know, there's a good house full of priests, and we, we pray and have meals together a couple times a week. So we have that support and fraternity and... Um, it's, uh, uh, it's good not to live alone. You know, I did that for five years. I was a pastor in Akron at St. Teresa of Avila Parish, and I can live alone because I'm like a high-scale introvert, so I can just be alone with my thoughts in a room for three weeks. It won't even bother me, but it is good to be with other people, and I'm realizing that now that I'm actually there, oh, this is kind of nice. It, it keeps my thoughts from running around in circles and keeps me, uh, keeps me moving too. mm well,
0: thanks for joining us here for Coffee Talk. So, you know, we're back in lockdown here, yep. and Code Orange. Code Orange, 10 mm-hmm. people or less, and that's where we're at, mm-hmm. which means a lot of our ministry things, as well as Mass, uh, is, is really taking a, a big change with the way that we're going to kind of go through this. Thankfully, we're not ready yet, but that's okay. We'll take what we can. And so mm-hmm. while we're doing this, while we're in lockdown, Coffee Talks are going to come back, and I was just talking about it last week when I saw you, and what better way to kick Coffee Talk off than grabbing a cup of coffee, joining Father Dave, but we're not only just talking and drinking coffee, we're playing a game. We are. This is the first time we're playing a board game at Coffee Talk. We're making history today. (laughs) Right here, right now. Digital Catholic history being made. Yes, yes. So yep. we hope that you stick around for the conversation. Um, we're gonna have a great game as well as a great conversation and good coffee. I hope the coffee's all right.
1: Is yep. it Yep. Oh it's good. It's hot right now. I gotta let it cool a little bit. Okay, okay, cool. But yeah, oh it's good. So tell us about this game. We are playing Carcassonne. It's one of the classics of the new board gaming revolution. So, you know, there's all those classic games we played growing up that were just basically roll and move games. Roll the dice, move your guy, see what happens. And now this new revolution of strategy gaming happened with Settlers of Catan, Mm -hmm. and Carcassonne is kind of in that bunch with Ticket to Ride, like the three games that really changed the way board games are played, where uh, there's a little more strategy and thought into it, Um, and you got these cool little meeple characters here, these wooden people. So, so they're, uh, my people that represent me in the game, meeples. Adam is using red and I am using yellow. We thought those colors would show up well on the, uh, on the camera. And so a lot of people have played Carcassonne before. It's named after a medieval city on the border between France and Spain. And the art in the game really looks a lot like that. So you draw a tile, you play a tile on the board, it's kind of, there's that puzzle, jigsaw puzzle uh, part of it. You got to make sure everything matches, and then if you want, you claim a feature on the tile you just put down with one of your meeples. And normally there's a uh, bag that you draw from, a very nice blue bag with the logo of the game on it. But of course we're in COVID, so you and I can't be reaching into the same bag and all that stuff. So we got rid of that. And instead we have two draw piles, one for each of us. I believe the draw piles are six feet apart, so we're completely in compliance here. We're trying to do everything we can to be law-abiding citizens and be safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just gonna kick it off here and you know, we're gonna talk. I mean this is just happening in the background. This is filler. For people who like to do three things at once, you can drink coffee with us, listen to us talk, and shout at the screen, put a maple on there. No, no, don't do that. Critique our play, play, please. It. In the comments below let us know when we've made a bad move. Mm-hmm. So I've just drawn this tile and I'm gonna uh, oh this is a no-brainer. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna complete this city right off the bat. There's four points, my needle will come right back to me. And I'll mark it in the score track. One, two, three, four. Well, that's something. Yeah oh. and feel free to give us some questions that have nothing to do with the board game and if you have any questions about Church stuff in general. My ministry is vocation director. If you're out there and like you would be afraid to admit in a crowd of people that you're thinking about priesthood, but hey, it's all digital and anonymous here. Let us know. What are your questions? What are your doubts? Be happy to talk it through. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. So while we're playing here, Uh, also I got a monastery. monastery. Nice. So uh, it's out there. We'll see if I can fill in around it. You gonna claim it? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh, because I, well, actually, you can't. that's the one thing about this game. If you don't claim it, I cannot. They don't let you fight over church property in this game. Oh, it's wise. Yep, it's very wise.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, but maybe you can
1: start us off here. What, what needs you to enter into the priesthood? We'll cooperate on our monasteries here, because this is a very friendly game of So, uh, And so there's, vocation stories are always complicated. You know, there's like three or four different things that all push you into to the seminary. But one of them was, uh, I I was always good at math and science. And so in high school, they told me I should be an engineer. And I did that. Uh, I went, got an engineering degree, worked out in the industry. It was a good job. And we were supporting the local economy. It was an export business. We were bringing a lot of business and money into the region. But I felt like I'm not really helping people in the work that I'm doing. So um, I made a career change, and I started working for the University of Buffalo, uh, and I was uh, providing networking support to their engineering research department. So I was working with computers and helping to grow the knowledge of the human race through research, and eventually I realized, you know, I'm still not helping people. I'm just sitting behind the screen all day long, and I'm just working with machines. Um, and I was always going to mass and I had started out in a young adult ministry group called quest is back in the nineties. And they had me working with like liturgy and retreat planning. And I liked that a lot. And I ended up liking that more than I was enjoying my job, my work. So, um, at some point, cause I was starting to grow in different prayer forms and it came to me in prayer. Hey kid, if you want to change the world and help people, why don't you just become a priest? And that was one of the, the major things that, uh, that got me there. I never had anything dramatic happen, never had like visions or locutions. Some guys get those, but I didn't. It was just the ordinary course of living life. And, you know, if you stay in the state of grace and you keep your prayer life vibrant, God's going to get you where he wants you to be. Hmm. It might take a while. And, you know, I resisted a little bit or maybe not resisted. Yeah, there were times I resisted, but also times when I just said, oh, I gotta think more, I gotta wait for more confirming signs. Uh, but eventually, he, he got me there. And uh, he um, he gave me uh, enough signs that I, I couldn't deny it any longer. Mm. Now, this is an interesting play here, because with one tile, I'm first of all going to complete the road, but I gotta put a meeple down before I take one off. You can't move this guy. He's Tired from building the road, he's not going to go work in the city, so I gotta put a new meeple there and take this guy off for four points. Finishing the road up, whoo! Cracking them up. I'm on ahead, but you got two monasteries going, so I've got some projects in the fire here. You do, yeah, we're working.
0: Now, my ball on this little guy, so I can find a little closure to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get some closure. <laughs> so, you you entered into the priesthood. Well, you entered the seminary, became a priest. got a named, Became a priest, and now you're helping people to discern their vocation. Yeah. What is a vocation,
1: and what is a discernment?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Excellent question. Uh, the uh, The word vocation comes from the Latin word vocare, which means to call. So, we are all called by God to do something. Every single one of us has a vocation. Nobody's ever born without one. God has a will for your life. And we would say there's one of five possible vocations you could have. And everybody fits into one of those categories. And those categories are the, the five vocations the, the married life. Most people know about that one. That's, that's the, the most. We have a, a man living the married vocation right here. Uh, so, marriage. Holy Orders, which is the one I'm doing, so that's the two of the five vocations represented in this video, (laughs) Marriage and Holy Orders. You have a generous single life, so people who live a single life but with a mission. You know, they say, I am going to, because when you live a single life, you have less uh, demands on your time and less demands on your finances. So you're able to be very generous with your time and your money with people in need. A lot of times these folks are involved in church ministries. Maybe not officially working for the church, but they're involved in like all kinds of things at the parish. And it's not just, well, I'll do this until I meet the right person and get married. No, they've discerned, this is my life's mission, to live like this. Then you have something that's similar to that, uh, but more consecrated. It's called consecrated virginity. And the interesting thing about this is only women can do it. Dudes, you cannot live this vocation only women can be consecrated virgins we have several in our diocese and they are single but they have to be virgins before they enter into the ministry and they have to remain of course to take a vow of virginity to live the rest of their life that way and they become kind of like secret agents in the diocese they're Hmm. working their normal job out in the the world but they've got a secret mission that uh, the bishop has asked them to fulfill and they report to him every couple of months. And you might not even know that you encountered a consecrated virgin today. And um, she's just working away, trying to change the world and build up the church. You know, I feel like that should come with a theme song. You
0: know, yeah. a, little, a little secret
1: agent type of soundtrack. Behind this could but Johnny River's Secret Agent Man wouldn't work because it's not for men. So we have, to, <laughs> we have to either change that or write something new. But I agree, a theme song is, is definitely... Uh, it's screaming for that <laughs> and that's four vocations right did I leave one out single married oh religious life which is entering church service in a way where you take vows chastity poverty and obedience but you don't become an ordained minister you're not a priest or a deacon or a bishop you're part of either a brother or a sister that's open to men and women alike and the difference is that religious vocation is usually lived in community it's uh following the spirituality of a founder of a religious order, St. Francis, St. Dominic, St. Ignatius, there's a million of them. And uh, they, they live together in communities, support each other, they take vows of poverty, they just, you know, they, they help each other. It's, it's a beautiful countercultural way to live. It's like saying, what are the three things that this uh, society is way overboard about? Mm-hmm. Sexuality, money, and personal limitless freedom. And to take those three things and surrender them and vow to live a life of poverty, chastity, and obedience—radical, uh, especially in today's
0: world—is mm-hmm. that—that's really what culture's brewing in right now. Is all of those? Yeah. So it's interesting to say, ah, I'm going to reject these and pull these away. Yeah. And I think a lot of people say, well, religious life is kind of outdated, isn't it? You know, like, shouldn't they be more in the modern world? And uh, I think maybe the modern world needs a little more taste of what the religious life has to offer. I agree. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you have these five Mm vocations. How do you decide
1: what you're called to? And that's the process of discernment. You want to discern which one you're called to. And the thing is, it's not a cost benefit analysis and you don't like line up the two columns of pluses and minuses. It's more a work of prayer. And you ask Jesus to show you what he wants you to do with your life. Um, God's plan, God created me, and therefore his plan for my life is going is to activate all of the gifts that he's, he's hidden within me. So that's the way I'm going to be happiest in life, following God's plan for my life. So we ask Jesus, reveal your will to me. And it's something you just, you ask repeatedly, you constantly surrender, whatever it is, I'm willing, just show me the way. And over time, he uh, he makes it clear. Hmm. So I'm living out the vocation of marriage right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Got the goods to, to prove it. <laughs> um, it was a long road to get to that point. You know, for, for myself, I felt there was a, a call to priesthood. And I've, I've shared this on a number of occasions, but um, I felt that there was a call of duty to the priesthood. Mm-hmm. I felt like there was the church needed help and they needed good guys. And I was like, well, I, maybe I'm a good guy, you know, like yeah. I love my faith and maybe I can do this, you know, mm-hmm. but there was a, a spot on my heart where I really desired marriage, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it was just something I desired. So it was a desire versus a, a call of duty to say. Mm-hmm. And so I had to measure that out for a long period of time of what is it that God was calling me to do. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, uh, it was challenging to get through that because there was moments when I just felt like I wasn't getting an answer. Uh, But thankfully I had a a spiritual director who helped me along the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you need to have help to decide your discernment or, or to help you through discernment or does it just come naturally? At what point do you,
1: you just know, I think if, if you get in a tug of war, it's good to have that, that help. With discernment. Some people know right away. I have an uncle who's a priest. He's a Franciscan. He's actually a, a, a religious. He lives religious life in community with other Franciscans. He knew from age six he wanted to be a priest. Never doubted it a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other people, it isn't clear, um, and they're pulled between two very good things, like you were. Other people think they. I think I'm called to marriage, but I'm not meeting anybody. What's mm-hmm. going on? So you know, those are times when you might need the help of uh, like a discernment coach you if you can get a spiritual director that's great but it's hard to find a good spiritual director uh, so you might just um say to your pastor or or someone in the church that that you uh you know and trust uh, I'm trying to discern my vocation and I, i've got some questions can i can i bounce it off of you and like you had a very strong desire for marriage but with strong desires you always have to ask the question is this something that I want, or is this something God wants for me? And has He planted the desire in me because it's His will, or is this my own psychology? You know, so so there's always that. That's part of discernment too. And sometimes they line up. This is what God wants for me. This is what I want for myself. Um, I uh, I didn't think that I wanted to be a priest. My pastor asked me when I graduated high school because I was an altar server all through high school and really liked it. Dave, you seem to like the mass. You you're comfortable on the altar, you'd probably make a good priest. What do you think of that? And I said, oh, no, Father, see, I want to work with computers and date girls. And, and I did those things for 10 years and then came around and realized that I actually did want to be a priest, and it was right all along. So, but it took that long for my, my desires to line up with the desire of God for my life. You know, it took me about 10 years to get
0: through that period of hemming and hawing. You know, and, and really trying to figure out like where, where do I need to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had a similar experience in high school where, um, you know, our our parish priest, he was he was great to us. He was awesome, and you know, one day he's, he's like, "Hey, you want to go to Denny's?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." So I met <laughs> him at Denny's. Lamb. all right. Yeah. yeah. So I sat down at Denny's and he, and he asked me. He said, "Hey, have you ever thought about being a priest?" And I was like, I was so scared. I was terrified of that because I did not, at high school Adam had zero interest in the priesthood. Uh, it wasn't even a thought in my mind, but I thought it was this, um, just this almost slave route of saying, uh, you have to deny yourself everything, Adam. And I was like, no, I can't do it. And I was actually so afraid that I never talked to him again. Like, and <laughs> he he ended up finishing out his term and he, he moved on. I felt so bad. I can't I actually can't find him anymore. <laughs> I don't know where he's at. But um but but it was terrifying. Mm-hmm. And and it actually froze me for a long time of of even trying to get closer in my faith because mm. there there was a fear level there. Yeah. Uh, and, and thankfully I was able to work through that with, with some help and just growing in faith. But um it can be intimidating when you sit down and you start thinking about, like, what does God want me to do with my life? Because mm-hmm. it's not like just saying, hey, where do you want to go to college? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, oh, you know, what job should I take or apply for? I mean, this is your life's purpose. Mm-hmm. And every one of those is radically different. You know,
1: priesthood to marriage is much different living. There's a lot of similarities, too. Mm-hmm. In, in, it's all sacrifice, no matter what vocation you discern. And it's like you said, you know, it seemed like priesthood was going to be a denial of everything, and so maybe I want to go with marriage, which is going to fulfill my desire. And then you probably realize now, I got to sacrifice just as much as a husband and dad as I would have in a different way. But you know, I give up my sleep, I give up my time, I'm, you know, the I give up the, all the good food in the fridge. It's a, yeah, you make a lot of sacrifices no matter what vocation you choose. I had to do a lot
0: of maturing to get to that, mm-hmm. and. Um, and just seeing what marriage was actually about, uh, and I, I had to really go through and just break some eggs to get <laughs> to, to that point, you know. And um, and yeah, and marriage is hard. And I I don't think there's a. I don't think we do a service, a good service to people, on what culture tells people marriage is all about. Mm-hmm. Because you know it's all about the wedding day and the, right. the all the roses and the lovey dovey's and you think oh, yeah yeah and, the, and there's that there, there's that beauty part but mm-hmm. what isn't talked about is that sacrifice in marriage mm-hmm. and um, that that can be really challenging the challenges in marriage mm-hmm. and if there are challenges in media and culture we were just watching a show um, and it was talking about some marriage and. It, it was through the eyes of well the husband's leaving, leaving and there's divorce you know mm-hmm. it doesn't say hey, got to you got to work through these things right you, you know you yeah. don't see a lot of that in culture
1: today mm-hmm. find another gear climb the hill you know mm-hmm. yeah actually that, that's good imagery you can find the mountain yeah. be brave you get the mountain out there oh there you go
0: you can't actually see that on the camera <laughs> but there's uh-huh. a mountain yeah. up there <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. so what what do you think the hardest part
1: of being a priest is? Mm. Uh, several answers come to mind right away. I think what is really the hardest part? Uh, it's probably different depending on which priest you talk to, but I think right now it's the, um, uh, the fact that there's, uh, that there's less of us than there should be. <laughs> we should have a lot more priests. Mm. And, you know, there are guys being called to it who probably, because of the noise of our culture, haven't heard the call. And, um, and then there are a whole lot of guys ordained in the 80s that just left and, you know, kind of like just went rogue and over the fence and gone. So now we're having to do all the work that those guys abandoned at their stations. And uh, you, feel, um, you feel overwhelmed a lot. You just—you can never get all the work done that needs to be done, and you feel like you're constantly rushing to play catch-up all the time. But my job out in the computer industry felt that way too, and that was one of the things that dropped me to priesthood because um, I would—I would go home at night. I had a boss who uh, uh, liked to conquer other departments. He always wanted to acquire more computers that we would administer and build his domain and increase his standing and and you wouldn't hire anybody else to help do it. So it was just Mm -hmm. more and more stuff getting dumped on you all the time. And I would go home at night just like, (gasps) you know, with this tightness in my chest. And I thought, boy, I'm I'm gonna end up with a heart attack by the time I'm 45 here. And and somebody said to me when I said, that was making me think maybe, you know, priesthood is uh, what I'm called to. I'm realizing that this dream life is not as great as I thought it was gonna be. And they said, well, you know, you're gonna have an awful lot of work to do as a priest too. And I said, yeah. But I'll be giving it away for the best possible purpose, too. You know, mm-hmm. I'll, be, I'll be doing all of this and sacrificing this for, for God's kingdom instead of just for a boss who had really grand ideas who taken over a lot of departments. Mm. So uh, I've got a vocation poster on the door in my office that says, would you trade your boss for a more humble one? And it's got a crucifix there. <laughs> and that's kind of what I did, I guess. That's awesome. Yeah. So what would you say to anybody discerning? right now be at peace um, there's no pressure uh, god will direct you if you if you give it over to him stay in the state of grace and just Keep your prayer life going and try new types of prayer life. Uh, Lexio Divina is a great one. I mean, divine reading of Holy Scripture. Do it with the Psalms. It's so good with the Psalms. Pick, start with Psalm 1, Psalm number 1, and just read it slow, like word by word. Well, I'm never going to figure out what it's trying to tell me if I read it like that. Oh, no, it's not about what the Psalm is about. This is the Word of God, and every word is full of power. And one of those words is just going to go, God! Ah! And say something to you, and you're waiting for that moment to come. And then when that happens, you sit back and you say, "Okay, Jesus, what are you telling me here?" Like pseudo divina. So try new prayer forms like that, and just give give it time, give it space, be patient. And um, you you want to make the right decision, so there's no need to rush it, and there's no need to be afraid of it. If it's God's will for you, it's. Although both of us confessed we were afraid of it, but you shouldn't be because if it's God's will for you, it's going to be the best thing for you possibly and it's going to work out beautifully. And I look back, cool story. There was a a young woman that I had met through young adult ministry, and um, I really wanted to date her. And she enjoyed hanging out with me, but she didn't want to date me. So um, I feel like we've all been there. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Yeah, Erin Neville wrote a song about that once. But um, we've kept in touch all this time. She was actually the one who taught me a lot about prayer. Uh, she was into the mystics. It was teaching me about, I was reading like John to the cross and starting to go, wow, this is like deep stuff here. You can get into uh, contemplative prayer. And I learned a lot from her and we kept in touch. And, um, it was this coolest thing ever that, so I went off to seminary and got ordained. And meanwhile, she had, um, she had found an old college friend and kind of rekindled, uh, what was a friendship turned into a romance and they ended up getting married. And then, um, they came to visit me at the parish, and and I sat down, and, and he had to take off and get something at the store real quick. So I was just sitting with her there in the church that I was now pastor of. And I'm like, do you remember when we were so worried about what our future was going to hold, and now, like, I'm ordained, and you're married, and we're both happy, and God worked it out beautifully for everybody. And that's what he'll do if you really stay open and prayerful. Wow. That's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Those tips on... The, um, oh my gosh, divine reading. Lectio divination. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We actually have a college Bible study that we're doing that exact same thing. Oh, is that right? It's true. Yeah. So we um, we actually do the Psalms. We go right through the Psalms, whatever the daily reading is for the Psalms. We go through our Lectio you Divino. Know, yeah. And uh, I think the college students will appreciate that. So How do you tune on. into that? Actually, it's in person. or has been in person. Okay. Um so we're we're still gonna be under ten. I'm trying to decide if we're actually gonna
1: be able to pull that off mm-hmm. uh with everything else that's going on. But you may have uh, to sleep for a little while. But they can do it at home. Now they know the technique and and yeah, the power of technology too. We consume. Yeah, yeah. Oh.
0: Uh-huh. So we'll uh Stay put on that, but hopefully when we can come back in person, we'll be back at it on Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. So we're usually down in the cafe for it. Okay.
1: Um, Wednesday nights
0: is pizza night here too. I don't know if you've
1: been here for Heard it. Heard about that? Oh, yeah. They man, they didn't make a good pizza. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so St.
1: Craig's Cafe has a lot going for it. I had my first uh, breakfast there the other day after morning mass with Father Tom Maloney, and uh, and then we had to close because of Orange Zone. So. Uh, yeah. But that's good, because you get to experience a good thing, but you don't overindulge, because now it's taken away. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a mini Lent we're going through here. (laughs) This is like our second Lent this year, our third Lent. We had the real Lent, then we had COVID Lent, now we have phase two Lent. So, third Lent this year. Third Lent. you got to end up holy after all that. You know, speaking of Lents, have you done Exodus 90 yet? I have not. I saw it on your coffee mug, and that I fear. Oh. I'm not afraid of my vocation anymore, but I fear Exodus 90. Be not afraid. You know what it is? It's not the fasting or the exercise or anything. It's the cold showers. Oh,
0: well, you should be afraid of that. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's honestly not terrible, but it can be,
1: it can be bone joint in a wintertime. <laughs> See, I'm an exomorph, too. I'm an introvert, but an exomorph so it's, I, it, it's a, a body type where you um you you lose heat instead of like exomorphs are always like cold because their bodies just always radiating heat out you know you don't store heat in very well so um mm. so yeah cold showers are i can't even imagine just drain like all the all the thermal all the thermal uh energy within me uh father
0: day would be doing mass as a snowman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I know we're kind of wrapping up here on time, so
1: we've got yep. about five minutes to five. Okay. Um, yeah, I've got, got a filming project to go. Take a look at the website, buffalovocations.org. We, uh, we try to put a, a, a new video up every week or two, and it's like cool stuff you wouldn't expect to see on a vocations website, like uh, Star Wars and superheroes and We're going to film a Thanksgiving message tonight. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. It's all one truth, you know? I tell you, (laughs) we spent a lot of time talking about Star Wars and War of the Rings. (laughs) Um, Just about
0: everything that we we, we cover here. Mm -hmm. So uh, Joe Tokaz and I spent a whole episode talking about Star Wars Mm -hmm. just and how it ties in with faith and reality. Um, So we're we're kind of nerdy around here. Uh Uh-huh. Feel free to be home. <laughs> <laughs> Alright.
1: <laughs> I, w- I will not hold back. So, we have our game here. i got a lot of projects. Yeah. You know what I'm going to recommend, and I don't know if this is feasible here, but I think we should leave this game set up, like in situ here, and then the next guest on Coffee Talk has to sit down and continue the game. and wow, then I like that. When we run out of tiles, we see which side is the head. I like that a lot. This is the perpetual game of Carcassonne. Let it be done. <laughs> it shall be done. <laughs> well, this, this was great. Thanks for sitting down and coffee talking. It was a real pleasure, Adam. Yeah, absolutely. So You guys are doing great work here, just uh, getting the word of God out into the, into the digisphere. That's what we're here to do. It's the digital continent.
0: So we're going to put our flag on it and just keep claiming it. Yeah.
1: For the Lord, of course. Should we say glory be to conclude here? us All right. Glory be to the Father, and to the, the Son, and Son, to and the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world, world without end. end. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. amen. Awesome. Thank you, Father Dave. And thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this, share it with somebody on one of your socials or just shoot them a text message and say, hey, you got to check this out. So we'll be back with more Coffee Talks. Stay tuned. Subscribe on the channel. Um, and that little bell-looking thing, hit that too, so this way you can get notifications when we're live. Um, So that's the scoop. That's Coffee Talk. Happy Thanksgiving, because we probably won't be on unless – well, actually, right after this, we're going to have Amped with the Young Adults. So if you're joining us for that, uh, Happy Thanksgiving, and you'll probably get it there too. But after this, you probably won't get another thing before the break. So God bless, and we'll see
1: you soon.